Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Its assumption is that an independent central bank will raise interest rates in order to attract money into the country to finance the budget deficit. But if you, if you look at the whole history of them, they don't make a lot of money buying and selling stocks, but people who buy and sell stocks listen to them, which is, I have a little trouble with that. And what I want to do is different. This is the Debunking Economics Podcast with Steve Keen and Phil Dobby. Yes, what Rishi wants to do is different. Different to what? And when does he start? Has he started yet? When does he start doing stuff that's not been done by the Tory party for the last 13 years? But aside from that, this week on the Debunking Economics podcast, the world is divided between the cryptomaniacs and those who just don't get cryptocurrency. But what I don't get is why central banks are now going on about their own homegrown digital currencies. I mean, isn't most currency digital anyway? So what exactly is it that they're getting at? We'll try and figure that out this week on the Debunking Economics podcast with Steve Keen. I'm Phil Dobby. Welcome along. Well, it's not crypto, but you can't help feeling they are going down this road because crypto seems fashionable. Uh, But central banks are starting to introduce, or at least they're starting to talk about, having their own digital currencies. Now, Steve, I always get a bit confused when central banks talk about this because most currency obviously is digital, uh, but it's between us and a commercial bank. This is all about having a direct relationship with the central bank. Mm. Well, or at least they're then saying, well, maybe we'll have intermediaries, sort of technical providers who will who will provision it uh, in, in in the middle. But I guess the point is, I mean, what are they trying to achieve here? They're trying to keep a more direct control on the circulation of money, presumably. When you when you go back and look at the early literature on central bank digital currencies, a major part of it was that they didn't want people to be able to take their money out of bank accounts um, at, into cash. And the reason for that was the dilemma when they were first talking about central bank digital currencies was the inflation rate was too low. Okay. <laughs> it was below their target rate of two percent. So we go back to this idea of the, the Taylor equation that's supposed to tell you what the rate of interest should be to control the rate of inflation. And this is all the stuff they have about changing the rate of interest, not changing uh, investment so much, but changing your consumption behaviour. By the higher interest rate makes future consumption less attractive. Okay. Yeah. So the idea is you're going to spend more now. <laughs> 
I could have got that wrong, and I couldn't give a. But it's not a problem today. I I couldn't give a wit over it because it's just all it's all fairy theory anyway. But the idea was it changes your expectations of inflation, and the change in the expectation causes the inflation to change. So if they uh, if they put rates. Down, what they what they wanted to have was negative rates on bank accounts, meaning you, rather than getting like a one or two percent rate of interest on your deposit account, you get a minus one or minus two percent rate of interest on your bank account. Now they said, oh, that'll work to stimulate consumption. Right. So a negative rate will mean you want to consume more now because if you don't consume, you're going to have less in your bank account anyway. So well, and they thought that they needed to do that because needed, commercial banks inf- wouldn't be able to do that. Commercial, they? They, so they they could set an like a. I think for a while the Swiss, certainly the Swiss, and I think also on occasions by, by rather by just the timing of bond issues and so on, the Danish and the Netherlands economies I think actually had negative rates on government bonds for a while. So they can set they can set the rate on the reserve, you know, the reserve interest rate that they can set to negative, but they couldn't influence deposit accounts. So if they if they if they did force banks to offer negative rates on deposit accounts, people would remove the money in physical cash. Mm. I said, oh, that's a problem. So let's abolish physical cash. So you think that's what's behind it, this idea? That was the initial idea was behind it. And like in that particular case, Richard Werner and I agree on a lot in terms of the credit theory of the economics and so on. Uh, But Richard is highly anti-central bank digital currencies. And when that was the idea that they could abolish cash and therefore make it impossible for you to take your money out of a bank, into any other form, that was a major reason for talking about central bank digital currencies, and I thought it was lunatic and insane and shouldn't be done. That the last thing I want to have is people who don't understand money abolishing the existence of cash. Right, right? but if if you're there saying, "Well, we we're going to offer negative interest rates, so therefore you've got to take your money out," or now you've got to spend your money, or okay. yeah, they, 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 they thought negative rates would stimulate consumption, and they don't and that want would you, cause that, a high rate right. of inflation. Okay, and they don't want you taking that money out as cash, as cash. because you because Abolish cash and make it digital yeah. instead, and you would take it out because that cash would be increasing in value. That's presumably. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so that that was the so uh, if you look in the, the twisted mind of a neoclassical economist, uh, then it's out the system. Huh? In effect, as far as they're concerned, it is out of the system. Yeah, and we don't want that. They want to keep it in the system. So if cash gets abolished, and you have only have the choice of, you know, you've got to hold your money in a digital form. Then they can impose negative rates and stimulate consumption and cause the rate of inflation to increase back to their two percent target. That was where it first originated. Now you've got inflation rates of you know six and ten between six and ten percent, and they're now talking digital currencies again, um, but. And I'm not quite sure why. So I sat for an hour. Yeah. I did fast forward through the boring bit. So actually, it only only took me five minutes in the end. Okay. Uh, From the the Bank of England uh, presentation about, uh, you know, what they're doing with their digital currency, with people clearly working on it and looking very serious. Mm. It, It... all seem very rudimentary. So, I mean, they've got a promotional video saying that, you know, they, they, they would issue a digital pound, which you could place in a wallet on your mobile phone and use it in shops, which would be fantastic. Imagine if you could use your phone. To go to a shop. To go to a shop with your with mobile your phone. phone. And you could just tap your phone and you'd take what the money. What an amazing innovation. So I, would take, so I would take the money out of my bank account, put it into this digital wallet, and I okay. could use it on my mobile phone. Okay, I mean, right now I can just tap my phone and it comes straight out of my bank account. But this would be 
digital money, though, another form of digital money from the Bank of England, worth exactly the same, from the Bank of England. Um, I'm not quite sure. I, I find it hard <laughs> to see what the offer was. and they, they But they think it will... Um, well, here are the benefits. It'll make it an easy way to pay, okay, like I've just described. Well, so like, and at the moment, well, we, we, where at the moment do, you, can, you can, can, do, can use do, your phone to Exactly pay the, the same way. After this, you'll also be able to use your phone to pay. Yeah, but okay. except I have That's to move it into the digital. Renovation. I have okay, to move yeah. into the digital okay. wallet, so it's actually one step Cardboard further. box. Yeah, uh, and uh, it'll help businesses. Hmm. Well, the only thing I can think there is if they're going to, not going to charge transaction fees for businesses that yeah, commercial yeah. operators might. So that might be a benefit, but they didn't talk about mm. that. Build trust in money because uh, I've never trusted money. It, it's, um, you know, that, that money that's in my <laughs> bank account. I'm not sure it's worth it what they, you know. Oh, dear. Uh, and better, well, here's the key one. Yeah. And, and better protect our financial system, which I guess is like saying, yes, you know, we, we're going to abolish cash. So you know you're gonna you're gonna have no choice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe, I maybe that is Richard, part of it. Maybe. I can understand Richard Werner in this case being very skeptical about all this stuff. I mean, um, if I want to backtrack and say what actually happens if you have a, a what what digital cash issued by a central bank really means is that we will rather than having only having bank accounts at private banks, we can also have a bank account at the central bank. And if I had to see a major advantage of that. Um, which is actually makes sense. Uh, it would be that the payment system won't break down if, the, if there's a if the credit crunch occurs. Yeah. Okay. Now the real issue with with the private banking sector is it's run by a bunch of cowboys or wow boys is maybe a better way of describing them, uh, and these wow boys. Um, get caught up in financial bubbles, which then burst, and when the bubble bursts, the payment system collapses. Well, that's, they're, they're, that's the real issue about... Rightly or wrongly, they yeah. are... Rightly or wrongly. Right, yeah. Sorry, so, pardon you, me. You, sorry, Life you, of Brian, in case anybody's wondering here. They, listen, you, what you're you doing... You shouldn't put the two of us in a studio. <laughs> you're, you're referring to something we talked about weeks ago I now. Know. So okay. the... the um, but, the banks obviously are operating in a system that, you know, that whether they designed it or not, it's just a, designed in a haphazard fashion, hasn't yeah. it? But the, the, the reason why you might have a mistrust in money lately is yeah. because you've put money into a, into a bank and you're worried about whether the bank is maintaining that money because they have invested that money in bonds and those bonds have gone down in value. And the bonds have gone in value because central banks have put up interest rates. rates. So, so it, we, we, it's of the central bank's creation. The problem is of the central bank's creation. But if they went and said, well, okay, I'll wear around that problem is to, is to make sure you, the money is secure by having it, you know, your money sitting mm. in a central bank account, mm. then you are taking banks out of the equation. And that's one of the reasons they stopped doing all this stuff. Um, the, the central bank stopped talking about digital currencies um, in the early days because they realised they would actually potentially undermine the stability of the financial system. Mm. So they're now undermining the stability of the financial system by putting up interest rates and, and trashing bond values. Uh, but yet again, they're talking about bringing in digital currencies, which would also, if you do have people being worried about the stability of the financial system, and that's a damn good reason for them to take their money out of a private bank and transfer it to their central bank digital currency account, which would undermine the stability of the financial system. Well, I mean, it, it does take transaction banking out of the commercial sector, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, they yeah. say, well, we would work with commercial providers, but, I mean, those commercial providers don't have to be banks. They could just be technology facilitators. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, of course, you can imagine what the banks are saying back to the central bank about this. Yeah, bog yeah. off. Yeah, exactly, fundamentally, yeah. or whack off. I mean, you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I get caught on a Life of Brian, a Monty Python. Let's, let's, no more Monty Python oh, references, for, okay, the, for, okay. the, for at least for the rest but of this episode. stick with the joke being the, bank, you... the central banks rather than Monty so, Python. But, yeah, I mean, but the, but so banks are not going to buy this, so why are central banks pursuing this idea? Or is well, it just, so one of the reasons that's given by the Bank yeah. of England is, well, if we don't do it, there's a danger that other banks or that other countries will. So if we had, for example, a European central bank currency, mm. then uh, it could challenge the sovereignty of the pound. If you suddenly go, well, okay. I'll, I'll take my I'll, money I'll, out of pounds and put them into euros. Yeah, and if I can just use my euro, uh, you know, yeah. supported currency and use it in the UK, the pound is, you know, less influential. Yeah, I mean, with this, a lot of this just does actually reflect technological Advances and not Bitcoin in this particular case, but the whole idea of, of electronic currencies and digital currencies. I, I use you know, you know, another free advertisement. I use Wise for my banking, and I've got half a dozen currencies on it, and I flip between them all the time, and the costs are really quite low. And they, they're managing all the all the bank institutions that I've got, and that actually is it, it's working for them at the moment because Wise has to be using private bank accounts to enable those transactions to occur. But if you had digital, central bank digital money coming in, then they might, it might all be managed through central bank accounts and not through the private banking sector. So this is challenging one of the reasons that you have private banks in the first place. Mm. And again, I mean, I, I have, there are reasons why I would actually, I want to have central bank digital currencies. I, I mean, again, back to my, my doom and gloom on climate change. I think it's a way of potentially rationing um, consumption uh, when that's necessary, with when we strike serious climate uh, breakdown, but I'm sure that's not what central banks themselves are thinking behind this. So they are really jumping late onto this technological bandwagon of electronic money, and potentially doing it in a way that actually could increase the fragility of the financial system, which they've already increased by putting up interest rates. Well, I'm sure part of it is control as well, isn't it? So I mean, they'd be worried that, for example, I could take money out of my bank account and uh, transfer it into into stable coin, for example, yeah. put it in my stable coin wallet, and then I transact with somebody else on stable coin. It gets coin. It gets lost in this stable coin world of transactions, which are holding their value because they're all tied to the pound. But you don't know who's who's got it and where it is. And then at some point it pops out the system and they've had no influence in that whatsoever. So they'd be worried well, you about- you go bankrupt and there's a pump and dump scheme inside one of those Bitcoin style digital currencies. So, yeah, oh my which, God, we're making a mess here. But, that, but they would be worried about money going out of the system. I'm sure that that is part of it. And if there was a, another stable monetary system, whether it's something like Stablecoin or whether it's Google Pay or somebody else with you know with a, a solid backing behind, mm. says, okay, operate in, in our environment, and rather than uh, you making a transaction which is always going back to your bank account, you create your wallet here. You can have transactions. Mm. Nobody sees it. The tax office doesn't see it, for example. If you want to commit fraud, this is the place to do it, which obviously is a you know a, a part of the interest for for Bitcoin. They mm -hmm. would be they would be worried worried about that sort of stuff. But just generally, people saying, well, why should why should banks see what I'm doing if there's an environment which is stable, mm -hmm. uh, which is tied to the pound, but is giving me all of that uh, that secrecy? Why wouldn't I do that? And I wonder whether that's part of it as well. They say, well, we've got an alternative to that, but of course, it's the opposite of being secret. They'll see everything. 
Well, and that's you know, I think there's some conspiracy theory arguments about trying to control our consumption, which is, in a, in a weird sort of way, it's true because that's how neoclassical economists first thought about this stuff. Mm. But in terms of a payment system, once you have, um, you know, once you have digital money, which we already have had, what how long would it be now? Thirty years, forty years? You can, Mm. Uh, you know, you transact between one person's deposit account and another. That removes a major jo- argument for private banking systems, and so central banks could well take that place, and it could function well if you could still have cash, so you can still take cash out from your account, um, and if if the payment system was done by the central bank rather than by the private banks, then the private bank's role should be to provide investment funds. Uh, for corporations, working capital for companies, uh, large deposits for the pri- for private people when buying long-lived assets and so on, so cars and uh, so there'd, there'd be a feasible reason to separate your your credit creation system from your transaction system, and that would be worthwhile. But it would drastically reduce the power of the financial sector, and I can't see central banks. Willing to do that? No. Or being allowed to do that? Mm. Okay, well, let's explore a bit more about why they're doing this then. And, and uh, you know, let's go crazy and imagine what could be achieved uh, if we just accept the fact that the banks will have a lesser role to play. We'll, uh, we'll look at that when we come back on the Debunking Economics podcast with Steve Keen. Back in just a second. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is the Debunking Economics Podcast with Steve Keen and Phil Dobby. So we're talking about uh, central bank digital currencies. What are they? What are they hoping to achieve? Let's look at so let's have fun and look at some of the conspiracy theories. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, what benefits could be derived from it? I'm still confused as to what they are hoping to achieve. I wonder, in fact, whether central banks are, are, are sure themselves, apart from the fact they feel they've got to do something in this space. Yeah. But it, it seems like whatever they do, and I feel like some of it is because they are worried about money going out of the system and going into other wallets. 
that are non-bank wallets yep. in whatever form they may take. So they, they've got to create something which is com- presumably then competitive, and that would mean no transaction fees. And then that uh, provides opportunities like you were talking about for, for players like Wise or other entrants to offer banking-type services without necessarily being, being a, bank. a bank. themselves, yeah. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, unless I'm, you're a bank. Yeah, unless you're a bank. I mean, I, I quite like the idea of separating the transactional system from the credit system, hmm. given that the credit system has been so badly managed by private banks to begin with, and Ponzi schemes and financial bubbles, and and so and encouraging the household sector on enormous amounts of private debt. So there's good arguments to say let's take away the transactional side. Uh, from the credit side, and that's what you could do if you had a central bank digital currency. You'd use that currency for transactions. You'd go to the private banks when you wanted to buy a house or a car uh, or do something which involves the creation of money for private purposes. And I guess if they didn't do it, and we, then what would happen? Because uh, banks are quite clumsy. So what, what I do like is the idea that, you know, if there's... Um, uh, if there's these transactions are happening and there's a lot of information which is being passed out from you know uh, from the from the provider mm. and the vendor, so I'll give you I'll give you an example. I've, I've got a Monzo bank account and I, Monzo, yeah, okay, and as I've, opposed to Gonzo, as okay. opposed to Gonzo. So Monzo is quite, you know quite a big player now. They are a bank. Mm. Uh, they they weren't when they started. They were sort of like a tech provider that's moved into the uh, you know become a fully fledged bank. Yeah. I make a transaction on, on my Monzo app on my phone and I can see where you know. First of all, I, I get a full description, whereas in you know my, my my other bank account, you know I get a very limited description of what the transaction was. Monzo gives me it all. I see a map showing me where where exactly it was as well, which acts as a, a memory jolt. So I get a lot of information, and I, it's easy to move money around mm-hmm. and categorize it, categorize my spending. In fact, it, it tries to categorize itself, so it goes, oh, it looks like this is grocery shopping. This looks mm-hmm. like it's insurance. Mm-hmm. So I get you know it all mapped out as to you know how my spending is going on. Banks are hopeless at that sort of stuff because they're not gathering enough information so if there was a if there was a if this was all centrally managed um by the central bank the transactions were centrally managed then it would be an opportunity for other players to come along and say well we can we'll do more of that sort of stuff we'll we'll provide you with you know cash flow modeling help or if you're running a small business we'll we'll basically give you an accounting package that sits on top of these you know these these real world transactions. It gives the opportunity for more people to to play in that space. Mm. Uh, so I can see the benefit of uh, of that. But under, undermining, undercutting the banks at the same Well, the banks time. are out of the equation entirely, mm. aren't they? Mm. In in that scenario, but may, but maybe they would anyway because these new entrants would come in. And, and is one of the fears that one of those new entrants might be a big player? So imagine if if the central bank didn't do it, and Apple said, right, well we're going to you know we've got you know, half the mobile phone users, we're going to make Apple Pay just the big currency that, you know, that that everybody uses. Then that cuts back, you know, that that quest, if they were to do that in a big way, then that challenges the sovereignty of central banks, let alone banks, the the sovereignty of central banks on a a geographic scale. Yeah. um, But the main thing is undermining the, the banking system as a payment system. And that's what concerns me about um you know but if i if, if apple said you know just put a, sh- a slug of money into your apple wallet once a month and we handle all the transactions in whatever currency it doesn't matter we'll give you a we'll give you a we'll give you a decent exchange rate i mean okay that money's come out of the financial system but there's no control from banks or anybody everyone's you know everyone's managed that one transaction the, the day-to-day transactional level is being 
held by quite a mon- mon- monopolistic international entity, which is not a healthy sign, is it, for any for any economy? Yeah, but it, it, whether it's uh, better or worse than the banks is a bit of a moot point. Um, mm. But but you you do have uh, like the, what what I would actually want to if I wanted to work out logically what's going to happen to this, I'd be looking at the. Than by doing a Minsky model of the whole whole process, and uh, if you still had private banks creating money, then they do it the usual way. They whack increase their deposits. That's where your, your money turns up. They increase their uh, their assets, your loan. Um, so, but then if you then say I'm going to transfer this money from my uh, bank account to my central bank account. Then you've got to take it out of the the deposits fall, their reserves fall. You then start. Uh, you know, forcing the banks to sell their bonds, uh, it ends up being a pretty destructive picture, quite quite mm. potentially, in terms of the stability of the banking sector. How can the banking sector continue to function if people are taking the liabilities out all the time and putting them across into the... So uh, you'd get bank money creation would disappear. Yeah, yeah. The reserves would be you have you'd have like reserves would be falling, uh, and the match that on the looking at this would be on the liability side of the central bank. Now the reserves would fall, the amount being held in all the um, deposit accounts, in central bank deposit accounts would go up, um, and the banks would then be if they didn't have the reserves, they'd be forced to sell their bonds. Now, I can see a lot of financial chaos coming out of this, and unless central banks said, well. Will give the loans. Yeah, I mean, I I would rather see limitations on what you can actually use those central bank accounts for, um, because like one thing I, I remember when I was t- way way back talking about the financial crisis back in two thousand and seven. Uh, one thing I said you you want to put as much money as you can to the people's bank accounts to get them to spend now, which is what the Australian government did. They, they gave everybody with a pulse. Who'd paid their tax, and unfortunately, that particular year it wasn't me. Mm. Nine hundred and forty bucks. Uh, they, they called it the flat screen stimulus, if you remember rightly. Everyone went and bought their first flat yeah, yeah. screen TV yeah. with it. Harvey Norman did very nicely out of that. Uh, but that was a direct channel, and the government could do it straight away. And literally, you know, I scared the pants off. Um, I've been talking with, um, on the 7.30 report with uh, Kerry O'Brien. The uh, next day, he scared the pants off Kevin Rudd, interviewing me about what I saw as happening to the economy in the week after that stimulus decision was made. Uh, and the government could do it straight away. Now, when I came to England a few years later... So, Australia, you have uh, you, you have this man here to thank for your flat-screen TV. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm responsible for flat-screen TV. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and, and the school... Whatever the, the, the doubling and trebling the first time grows grant and a few other pieces of stupidity. Uh, but in the UK, I checked with the people in the Bank of England at the time about what would be involved in providing a similar fiscal stimulus, you know, the mm. tax rebate, they call it in Australia. Uh, and they said, oh, it'll take us six to eight months to set up the system. Yeah, that sounds they, about right. They Everything did, takes six they, to eight months in England. They didn't have the system. Yeah. Now, if you had central bank digital currencies, you could instantly give a, fin- a fiscal stimulus to people through their accounts. So you could say, okay, we're going to put £1,000 in everybody's account. Your accounts will go up by $1,000. The, the central bank will buy bonds to balance it on the other side of the assets. And you can then transfer that money to your private bank account and spend. Which you would do straight away. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's because the only way anyone, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, 
I can't see the benefit here because I mean, because all those benefits that you know, have been explained mm. mean nothing to anybody in an environment where we're all just using We've our mobile got those phones anyway. Provided it, anyway, it yeah. would only be those people who don't have bank accounts that would benefit because all of a sudden they'd have a bank account. But yeah. I, I think there's very few people in in Britain uh, who who fit that criteria. So yeah, I worry about. So if if you got a, a, a stimulus that was given into your bank account, we go okay. I'm going to have to download that wallet then to get the money from the government so I can put it into my yeah, then, regular so bank account. If you so, had some sort of controls no. like that, then it would mean that things which would took six to eight months would take six to eight milliseconds. Uh, and that's worthwhile in terms of government uh, fiscal stimulus. And well, when's the government ever done it? When are they going to do it again? Yeah, that's, I know. Well, so we're talking a bunch of Tories, aren't we? I'm on both so sides not, of the parliament. So that's the only reason for it. I mean, that's not a compelling argument, is it? Here's another, here's another way of approaching it, though. Mm. What about, why doesn't the tax office become the provider of the uh, of, of a centralised currency? I mean, we all have to deal with the tax office. The tax office um, charges you interest if you're late paying your tax. If you pay your tax early, they give you a, a pitiful uh, interest payment. Uh, why not just have a central... And, it, and if part of it is to provide a technology that everyone can layer on top of it, Mm. And also to give banks a bit of a run for their money as well to you know to try and uh, uh, get them to be uh, more proactive in terms of the what they provide for um, transaction currencies. Why not just say, well, we won't have a central bank cur- uh, uh, currency, but we will give you all a, a tax office bank account that gives you decent interest rates can be, you know, have all of that capability that the central bank uh, capability, you know, like the ability to use your tax office bank account on your mobile phone with your tax office wallet. We're already transacting with them. Why not just use your tax office account? But again, that has the same impact of you know, trashing the private banking sector, which I'm no great defender of private bankers. But you want to, this is what you want to happen, Steve. Uh, not to the stage where it means that pa- the, means the, the, the banking system. <laughs> payment system collapses. Mm. Uh, or, or we, uh, you know, because there's, there's so much private debt people are carrying. And this, this is, the, this is the, to me, the, the key issue. We've still got a... You know, you know, we're carrying compared to income about five times the level of private debt we were back in the nineteen fifties and sixties. Yeah, and and that overlay is what's actually been causing the instability we're having so far. If you make bring in a change without taking that into account, then you could cause you know, a financial collapse. Um, and then, so it's not going to run then, is it? For hmm? for all of those reasons of outline. So and then you know and then you have conspiracy theorists who who are saying that the the Until only they're reason, controlling the consumption. Mm. Yeah, mm. and so they can you know see what you're up to and yeah. uh, and and you I'm know not, I mean it, it's interesting that you know one of the few places where it currently exists is China with a digital yuanimbi which they had ready for the uh, China Olympics. Uh, you know, supposedly it's easier to buy stuff in China now, but of course they know everything about you, and you know that you'll probably get social points added. You know, you you have a social rating there mm. based on what you're spending. You probably find that the stuff that you just can't buy on that digital currency as well. Uh, no one in the Western world wants to go down that road. So it's it's a non-starter. I mean, so the Bank of England saying, oh, the, you know, the digital pound would be private. We wouldn't have any visibility of what you're doing. But, I mean, nobody trusts the government. I mean, it may give you trust in money, but no one's got trust in government. You just assume that at some point down the track they will be snooping um, uh, maybe not telling you about it. When somebody says it's private, you know that means that it's not. So... I mean, it's not going to happen because people just won't accept it. It's a non-starter, isn't it? Well, that's why I think it would be, it would be a starter if it was used as, a, as an easier conduit between the Treasury and the private sector. 
Uh, and at the moment, you know, if, if you're going to have money turning up in the private sector, then the Treasury account has to credit the reserve accounts of the private banks. The banks then, with the reserve accounts credited, they then credit the deposit accounts of their depositors. And you got the, so you'd take that one step out of the process, and the Treasury account would go down. Our, uh, our uh, central bank digital currency accounts would go up and that wouldn't affect the reserves at all, then you could also have to, to, to stop this destroying the, the, the payment system of the banks themselves, then the way you'd spend that money is to transfer it to your private bank account. That would mean you'd have a payment going from the private bank accounts to the reserves because the reserves increase, you get it in your deposit account. I can see something like that happening, and that is... It provide- but in, in in that process, yeah. you know, you're not you're not putting money into the bank, which your bank is then using to buy government bonds. Who's buying government bonds now? Yeah, well, the central bank would, and that that would get be, but, get but, around a lot of the nonsense over the idea of the government having a huge unsustainable automatic debt. QE. Yeah. No. Fundament, fundamentally, well, just why, why um, and then, then, then also, I mean, the private banks wouldn't be destroyed by uh, government putting up interest rates. So there are in- intriguing elements to how you'd actually see that model it in the first case. What would be the actual impact? Forget about using central bank models. Use Minsky instead. Um, it would be feasible to work, uh, but my main. Thing again, Mr. Mr. Derman Gloom comes down to climate change and being able to want to uh, enable rationing uh, when we find we've when when the climate change skeptics have given up on the nonsense and they can see climate change breakdown occurring, we're going to need rationing and a central bank digital currency is a very effective form to enable rationing. Yeah, well, that's spooky, isn't it? Conversely, if you want to look at in a more optimistic way, you could also say, well, we want to ensure we want to stop hoarding. You could start introducing things like, well, okay, there's a you know there's a time span to money, stuff like that could be introduced you as could, well. But you could all, and again, I'll say for fiscal stimulus, so if you want an immediate stimulus, you've got the the rapid system, which at the moment, you know, the old six to eight months issue uh, becomes six to eight milliseconds through a central bank digital currency. So it gives you a more responsive uh, capacity for the government to boost uh, boost. Uh, Domestic um, money supply when necessary during things like a COVID crisis. So, so watching this hour-long presentation uh, from the Bank of England, just the final you the point. The first on, five minutes. Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just they were all talking very fast. Yeah. Um, the there was not really much talk about banks in amongst all of this, as though there. no, and yet as though and yet if they. If they're involving banks, if they're seeing, well, we're providing this digital currency and our partners in this are the commercial banks, that's what what we have now. Yeah, yeah. What changes? So the only way, and, and yet it was almost like, yes, this is all good. Uh, so, the, you know, the digital pound through the platform model will deliver a central bank core ledger. So fast, secure and resilient platform providing payments functionality. An API layer, so this is the you know the programming interface, so that mm. you can get all those you know nice apps that do stuff. Uh, so it allows intermediaries to connect to the core ledger. Intermediaries, so so the firms provide user friendly wallet interfaces and or value added services, and then you've got the users. No mention of banks in, in any of those layers. But bank, this this might actually be in, in, a, in a sense a defence mechanism for the banks themselves because they are being sidestepped by companies like Wise and Mongo, mm. Mm. Uh, and so this might be a way of saying, well, we can uh, we can make uh, the banks the agents of the central bank, and they're the ones who get the digital uh, funds. 
uh, or the, your your private your your so-called central bank digital currency is actually a private bank digital currency. Right. On the, and the argument for that would be so you can give loans and add to it. Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So it's not a big change, though, is it? Really. It's if if you do that, then all you're doing is just saying we're just updating the technology. Yeah. All, all you're doing then is just saying, well, banks they've got this legacy technology which is holding back their ability to to provide mm-hmm. some of the functionality that these fintech companies are providing. So we're going so, to provide them with that technology. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's if they've found a way to talk about digital uh, central banks currencies without undermining the, the private banks' current uh, deposit system. I think we might have hit on it, don't you? That might be it. <laughs> And then all the good conspiracy stuff, once they've done that, follows later. Yeah, mm. looking after the banks. It may well be. That's mm. intriguing. I'll, oh, I might force myself to watch uh, the uh, same one-hour presentation in maybe seven minutes. Where the word bank is carefully not mentioned. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Not even mispronunciations of the word bank. No, go away. Uh, <laughs> catch, catch you next week. Thanks, Steve. The Debunking <laughs> Economics Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy the Y Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search the Y Curve in your favourite podcast app or go to ycurve.com to listen.